Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. We also have our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham, and intern Erica is on the dials. We're going to start with the incredibly sad news, as I'm sure anyone listening knows by now, that a helicopter carrying nine people crashed in Calabasas, California on Sunday, and two of those nine people were Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna. The world has been rocked in many ways by the sad news, obviously. Uh, It's one of the biggest news stories in modern entertainment history. It transcends the NBA. I think a lot of people have felt very emotional about this story. We've seen an outpouring uh, of sort of uh, emotion and sadness over the last few days. Whether you are a Kobe fan or whether you are mourning the tragic loss of young lives like his daughter... Gianna and her teammates Peyton Chester and Alyssa Altabelli, their parents Sarah Chester, John and Carrie Altabelli, one of the coaches Christina Mauser, and the pilot Ara Zoban, uh, who were all on that helicopter. <clears throat> Today we wanted to get together to talk about this, uh, how we feel about it, uh, how the world is viewing it, um, but I guess first we just want to start uh, with how everyone heard the news. Yeah, um, I was going for a little bite with my friend Erica. We were just like in Liberty Village, and I was ordering a burrito bowl. I always remember I was in Fat Bastard Burrito in Liberty Village, and she said, Kobe Bryant just died. And I was like, that doesn't make, doesn't make any sense. Uh, what do you mean? And she, he, a helicopter crash? And I, I was thinking, I was like, this is very shocking to me for a number of reasons. But I, But the first thing I thought of was I remember like a news article from many years ago saying that Kobe would take a helicopter to practice. Yeah. Every, to and from practice every day. And I was like, and I thought to myself at the time, um, th- that seems kind of dangerous and maybe a little unnecessary. My idea of helicopters is that they're kind of dangerous to get around in. Uh, but then I, of course, became very sad. And just the, the thought that there's something that so incredibly mundane for this person, it's like no different than taking out, our, our equivalent of taking out the trash or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, driving Uber over. Uber somewhere. The, yeah, Ubering somewhere, driving the grocery store. Yeah. And so, that act of getting into a helicopter is something that he's done every day probably for the last 15 years of his life. And that is the way he he had to go. And yeah, just, yeah, it was, I didn't really believe it at first. And then the next couple hours were very confusing too because there was various reports coming out saying, oh, all four of his daughters were on. People the- were rushing to be first and not be right. And that's a huge fucking issue with yeah. the way that these things get reported. But yeah, there was a lot of that sort of like misinformation that was floating around that, you know, it's like you just, anyway, that's yeah. a whole news organization thing that happens when people do that. But yeah, but it does uh, make me like think about uh, other sort of celebrity deaths in that thing where you go, oh, I'll always remember where I was. Yeah. And I remember I was, um, I must have been, I don't know, 10 years old, roughly. What, what year to die? pass away lady diana i think it was 96, 96. okay one of those so i would have been 11 and i remember being at like a mcdonald's on sunday morning at a baseball tournament our, our like team was in cambridge i think it was and we had like an overnight tournament and it was like an exciting thing and i remember going to mcdonald's that morning with the team and just seeing all the toronto suns that were available in the mcdonald's with like the, the picture of princess diana i think getting that information right uh, I think it was a, a Sunday when I would have found out, maybe. Uh, but I just, but I do remember being in a McDonald's that morning and like just seeing the paper. Seeing you, the papers. you weren't aware of it when it was happening in real time. No, no, no. But you, but that's how you information traveled back yeah. then. But anyway, just sort of, yeah, one of those one of those moments that you, you'll never forget. How did you find that, Shane? Um, I was on the computer editing a podcast. Mike Veerman actually was on this Family Tree podcast mm. as a special guest. I was. So yeah. He was on Saturday night, and I wanted to get it out on Sunday night. And on Sundays, I typically am not on my phone at all. I find it's a lot quicker to edit 
when you're not constantly distracted with Instagram and everything. So I, I keep my phone like high up on a shelf so I can't even reach it. But I have this Iverson bobblehead and it's it's on my shelf by my phone. So anyway, I'm, as I'm editing, sometimes I'm thinking of just weird thoughts. It's like almost like being in the shower when I'm editing the podcast because I can think about other stuff while I'm doing it. Mm. Such a boring edit. And I'm like, Iverson, I'm like, he would be a good coach, I think. I'm like, actually, I don't know. Not a lot of great players have become coaches. And then I'm trying to think of all the great players who have become coaches. I'm like, is Jordan a coach? And I'm like, no, he's like an owner. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, Kobe, I wonder if he would be a good coach. And then I'm th I'm just thinking about uh, the, the quote, how they say, the, those who can't do, teach. teach. Yeah. And I'm like, what's the reverse of that? And then I'm going through that. I'm like, those who can't, those who can do, cannot teach cannot teach yeah. and then I, then I was like working that out but anyway i'm just having this <laughs> stupid thought and then i'm like i think kobe is a coach but i'm just like it's this repeated thing so i go to grab my phone and i, I look up kobe coach and then it cuts this video of him coaching his daughter next thing i know i'm on my phone looking at highlights of kobe's daughter doing this spin move and scoring a basket Come on. i swear to you wow then what time I get, was this this was at about 2 132 why and then, um, the fuck? and then all of a sudden, Mike M says Kobe's dead or something in our Facebook chat. chat we have like yeah, a, yeah, uh, like in a the Champagne Boys group. group. Yeah, I'm like, no, but this has to be true. And I was just like weirded out by the coincidental nature of all this. That is so weird. And then I'm just looking up, and it's like Kobe dead. I'm like, oh my god! And I just got totally weirded out. I didn't want to look it up anymore because now I'm like, I'm gonna go down rabbit hole after rabbit hole after rabbit hole. But then. Uh, Ash messaged mm -hmm. and started talking about it. And then my wife, who was taking a nap at the time, because my daughter was also napping, so she likes to nap when uh, my daughter's napping, comes down bawling her eyes out. Mm. Like Alex was ruined about it and uh, so upset. And then I give her a hug and calm her down and everything. And then she goes away and starts researching all this Kobe stuff. And then my sister calls me. My sister is so upset about it. Like, Tiff is a huge basketball fan. Oh, she is. I didn't know that. Huge, right. huge. She loves Iverson, loves everything, especially that era. Yeah. Obsessed with Jordan, and Kobe was a lot like Jordan. Mm -hmm. uh, and so talked to my sister about it. Anyway, then get back to the edit and kind of went about my day and tried to uh, just not be distracted by such So you didn't want to think about it. You're like, this is too well, much. Well, I was trying to just stay on pace to get the edit done because I know this is going to derail me all week, and I have a very busy week this week. It did probably throw me off about two and a half hours now that I think about mm -hmm. it because I would be checking in on my phone because it was on my mind and then I'd go down little Twitter rabbit holes and l then I'd be like, I wonder what Shaq's saying about this. Yeah. Check Shaq. I wonder what this person. Uh, but yeah, that's that's how I found out. Uh, mm -hmm. what, what about you, Mikey? Well, let's go to Erica first. How did you mm -hmm. find out? I found out because um, I'm subscribed to the little like CNN banners that pop up on my laptop. Whenever there's breaking news, you get like the little notification and that's how I saw it. And it just said like, yeah, Kobe Bryant uh, died in a helicopter crash and my jaw honestly dropped and I just like stood there for a minute or two. And it was weird because I really have no prior opinions about Kobe Bryant. I like I'm not really a, I didn't grow up a big basketball fan like you guys. I really don't know that much about him. But like, I don't maybe just the really tragic nature of it is what kind of like I just like initially felt, I guess. And yeah, I was just sh honestly shocked. And then a few moments later, yeah, I started texting. Were you more affected by it than you thought? Or were you? did it hit you like another, just any other celebrity death? Yeah, 
like to be honest, I don't remember too many. Like the last celebrity death that really hit me was probably Tom Petty, and that's probably oh, like wow. the only celebrity death really in mm. my lifetime that I've really like felt. Mm. I guess, um, but. Yeah, I, I just, same thing, I kind of started going through rabbit holes, like, I watched, like, Stephen A's remarks on it, and then all these other videos just kept coming out. It seems like everybody had, like, a Kobe Bryant story, and they all seemed, seemed very, they all seemed to say the same thing. He was, like, such a hard worker, very encouraging, people around him and stuff, and it was just, it was upsetting to see all these other recognizable people be so upset and so distraught, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, um, I, I was at uh, I was at a family event in Whitby with my in laws. We had so we 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 went to Whitby and we we're at this like sort of condo and hanging out with all all of like um, Danica's family. And then my brother in law Matt came into like a hallway. He comes up to me and he goes, uh, he says, um, "Kobe Bryant's dead." And I went, "What?" And he goes, "Yeah, like a helicopter crash." And my brain kind of scrambled. I was like, "What, really?" Because like the other thing too is it's like I did have my phone on me, but because I was um, engaging with family like i felt it buzzing in my back pocket but i'm not i just didn't look at my phone mm. you know what i mean so he's he's came out and he and he and he told me and i was like like your brain scrambles i immediately like start looking at my phone i have texts from different people you see that like you kind of go on twitter and i was like oh man and, and it was kind of like a big gathering and so like news slowly started to like go around the room like i pulled like danica aside at some point i told her and then it started the news kind of started to, to spread around around the room and i could you just knew i knew immediately that this was like a massive massive deal for a few reasons you know like people were shocked when like prince died or you know when when even david bowie was a little bit sort of sudden even though it turned out he'd been sick for a while but you know we see celebrities die but it's rare when somebody dies at 41 sort of like just post sort of like the second half of their career the only thing i could think about uh comparing it to was kind of and i wasn't alive for this but when john lennon was assassinated Mm. because john lennon was 40 years old he had just turned 40 and it's like he'd done all this stuff in his earlier life right like beatles etc etc to the 70s and then this was going to kind of be the second half he was trans Transitioning to this next phase of his life, like Kobe was. Yeah, and I yeah. think you mentioned Princess. You did mention Princess Diana, and I think that is actually a good comp too, because it's like her post post royal life was just getting started, and then she sort of gets cut down in her prime, mm-hmm. um, or post prime, or whatever you want to call it, the second sort of half or the second chapter, the next chapter of their life. Um, so I thought a lot about sort of all of that. You know, you're kind of I kind of throughout the day, you're sort of engaging, you're talking with people, and some people will sort of like have a hushed conversation. But there's a lot of kids around too, and you, it's like, do you want, is the whole day going to be just about this sort of event? But then one of the kids who's like, I don't know, he's probably like 12, he was on his phone nonstop, like giving like TMZ updates mm. and stuff like that. And as the, the sort of time progressed at first, like um, I think Max mentioned, there was misreporting on how, how many members of his family were in, in the uh, plane, and he has four daughters. And then eventually sort of the awful news that his 13-year-old daughter was in there, and then you found out that there was you know, teammates and other family, uh, other families in, in the helicopter. But, uh, yeah, I was just really kind of, it fucked me up. Like I like had that weird, that weird, like, um, there's like a feeling in your chest you get when something like some event like that happens Mm -hmm. where you're like, how do, how do I process this? How do I feel about this? Like, am I going into sort of like consequential brain? Like what's the NBA going to do? I knew the Raptors were playing the Spurs at four o'clock cause I was PVRing the game cause I was at a family event and I, I like to save those games for when I get home. I was like, are they going to cancel the games? I'm like, I know that DeMar DeRozan's like this. Kobe was his guy and he's got to play at four o'clock that the Raptors like norm was a Kobe guy. Like OG was at his camp this summer. Like I just kept, I started like my brain started going a million miles and then I just started thinking about, I would get hit with waves of humanity. So like, it's like I would have practical thoughts, you know, like, um, 
like, oh, this is going to be the biggest news story of the year. Mm-hmm. That kind of weird part of my brain was doing that. And then I would just get these waves. I would look at my daughter like running around and I would just get so sad like about the idea that his family was going to be left without like a father um and and a husband for his wife wife and you know he's got like i said he had he had four daughters three and it's just i just kept thinking about the implications of the human side and then it was kind of fighting with the practical side then i was like i kind of wanted to like be on my phone to just sort of like process with everybody collectively but unlike you you think max you were sort of on your phone over the next couple hours yeah i was distracted for sure i I, kept it away because i was at this event and i wanted to be present so i kind of was out of it except for other than just writing like i don't know if you guys noticed but in the group chat for the pod like i maybe said two words just because i was like kind of detached from it all Yeah, it's just so sad it's like what is there really to discuss other than just sort of uh reading about his life and the relationship with his daughter and other things he'd been up to it, it is Post career, but yeah, the, the other thing about Kobe too is that it's like when when you hear Prince passes, you go, "Oh, I thought he was a healthy guy," but you know, ar- artistic genius, sort of. Okay, if there's some, if there's something else going on, you'd sort of understand. Like Bowie was in his sixties. Okay, you know. Oh yeah, they were like, oldish. Like even though even Michael Jackson was fifty, but he felt like it wasn't like a couple years removed from Thriller. Like yeah. he was already like. They kind of already had their second. Ch- like I know what you're and, saying. And then the thing about Kobe is, is like to me, Kobe was always like indestructible. Like he's like he's a killer, and he will not be killed. That was like always the thing about Kobe. Kobe like put the fear of God into like all of his opponents and to his teammates too. It's like he was a guy that was like, I will fucking kill you. And the idea of anybody killing Kobe seemed ridiculous. And he's the kind of guy that's like. He looked amazing yesterday. Like you know what I mean. Like like he in his post career. He looked better than he did in his career. You know what I mean? Like he just had such a – he kept himself in such good shape. He he was still very active obviously as a parent but he was doing like pr- a film and podcast production work. He was running these basketball camps. He was such like a vigorous kind of guy. Yeah. And so when so when he when he dies you're like what? Like no, you can't kill Kobe. And f- of course a fucking helicopter can but it's just like that, that was I think that was the other thing that was shocking. It was that there's other people who you go, oh, this person liked to dabble in drugs or this person liked to fucking climb mountains or, or you know, do other outdoor sports or something or like to drive. His- musicians like live hard. So you kind of go, yeah, oh, it's part and parcel. And how many musicians have we lost over the years, whether it's Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix? Like, there's just like a ton of, of musicians that have died. This is the most disciplined music. guy. Like you can't exactly. imagine anybody so it's hard for your with brain this shit. To process yeah, you're like. And you and you also think it's like how did you even get how did you even put he doesn't even seem like the kind of guy that would put himself in a situation where he'd be put his life in danger you know what I mean so that, that yeah that his vice seemed to be that he was competitive like Jordan yeah and he was probably like trying to beat traffic and everything he was like probably like this will waste the time if we're yeah. traveling this way there's let's actually, get to the game let's there's a really sad clip that just went up that I saw today and it's him doing an interview I don't know like maybe I don't know if it's in the last year but he talked about why he takes helicopters now everywhere. And he basically explained that in order to sort of keep up with his schedule, um, what would normally take like where he lives in California to get to the office and all that would take him like hours. And he was like, I was stuck in traffic. I was stuck in traffic because I really I could take 15 minutes in the uh, in the helicopter and I could get home in time to pick my girls up from school. Mm. He goes. And then so I would be in yeah. traffic for 20 minutes with the girls. And my wife would be like, I can just pick up the girls. And he said, he's like, no, no, no. Even being in traffic for 20 minutes, that's a conversation I don't get to have because I'm at work all the time. And, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. and I'm sure during his playing career, yeah. you're probably never really around. Um, so it's just kind of this sad thing that he, he was saying that basically the reason he, he, he now uses you know, helicopter travel was to have more time with his family. Yeah, it's efficient. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, 
Yeah, I think there's another, I mean, there's another element. The reason this is obviously such a big story too is because, you know, there's I think currently like 400 and something players in the NBA, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and famous people die, it happens. But this guy is like, um, you know, he's a legend uh, in the sport of basketball on the level of a, of a Michael Jordan or LeBron James. Like a lot of people consider Kobe the second shoot, best shooting guard of all time. Um, like just from an NBA perspective, it would be like Wayne Gretzky passing mm-hmm. away or you know name someone from soccer i don't know or, or like tom brady or, or something or, yeah exactly or, or tiger woods it's like when somebody of this magnitude goes it, it it does send an earthquake sort of through uh sort of our social consciousness and the way that we all mourn um i think another thing that 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 i mean should be discussed is that kobe has a complicated legacy for many reasons um and a lot of people have brought this up you see a lot of different sort of people um on twitter say hey like Let's not deify a guy that absolutely had a, a sexual assault charge against him, and it's a part of his story. And I know that when somebody passes away, it's some, it feels um, it feels uncouth to bring up those things. But if we're going to talk about the fact that he was a five-time champion and he was the best at what he did, or one of the best at all time, what he did, you also have to talk about this other thing that's a huge element of his story and maybe made him problematic for some people to root for and could complicate sort of the way that we look at his legacy. Um, I'm fascinated. I mean, again, like we, we, we don't have to get into the minutia or details of that because honestly, that's not what we're going to do right now. But we can talk about the way that people talk about Kobe. Have you guys been seeing a lot of sort of like mention of that? It's interesting because my wife actually didn't know about the Kobe rape case at all. Mm-hmm. And she, we we're in a I'm not in it, but she's in a basketball uh, message board. There's Monday Night Basketball League yeah. that sometimes we participate in. And a friend of ours had brought it up. So Alex got uh, news of that on that day because she had never heard of that. So she was now very conflicted. People who normally speak up on things like this, I find aren't because I'm I'm kind of checking to normal people who speak out on things like this who have kind of remained silent or begrudgingly said something online. I, f- I find it very interesting. Uh, pe- the people's image that's associated with what they've done. Like if Mike Tyson had died, I think the reaction would have been quite different than yeah. Kobe dying. Yeah. I'm so confused myself on how to feel or what mm-hmm. to say or what yeah. the correct. I look to these people to kind of shape my opinion because mm-hmm. that really kind of uh, forms it over time. And a lot of people make good points that I'm not thinking about in the moment, mm-hmm. but I start to think about later on. And yeah. I'm like, that is the way I would think. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, to, yeah, exactly to your point, Shane, it's like, it's okay to not know how to fully feel right now. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, letting letting time pass, thinking about it. And then also, who's to say anybody has to say anything out loud? You can just sit with it for a while, you know? I think, yeah, that's the other thing is it's like more so than even Kobe and what Kobe represents. I think what your brain does for a lot of people is you just you, – you reflect personally. You go – what if I died? What if my daughter yeah. died? What if I died with my daughter? What if my wife and daughter died in a car crash? So w- what it does is it actually becomes more personal than it does about a guy that won five champions yeah. and whatever his championships and all of his all of this shit that he accomplished. It's like it's almost like you see something like that. It shakes you to your core, mostly because you're thinking about yourself. Yeah. You go, you go. What would like life is precious. I'm gonna go hug my kid. I'm gonna be kinder because like. This could happen to anybody in a car accident. Yes, it happened to probably one of the 50 most famous people in the entire world. Uh, so that makes it noteworthy and it resonates with it, with people. And, he, and you know, 
listen, like people have visceral ties to Kobe, people in LA, yeah. people that love NBA basketball. Like I've never been a Kobe guy. Like, like, you know, yeah, what I, mean? I was like, trying to think about that because I, I've never been a Kobe guy either, but I was like, what makes Kobe so unique here in his passing and like the way he's revered in celebrity culture. And it's like, we grew up with them, you know, and he grew up when the internet was starting. So he's been a product of the internet, his whole career basically. Yeah. And he's also obviously a five time champion, yeah. And played with Shaquille O'Neal, one of the other biggest celebrities in the world. But also in L.A., he was so tied to celebrity culture and movies and actors and musicians. Like how many name name drops in, in hip-hop has Kobe had? Lots, right? Like how many f- famous friends does he have? Lots. And it's not just because he was a good player and won championships. It was because he was located in that particular space. You know, you, 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 you talk about L.A. and one of the things that's that's remarkable is on Tuesday night, uh, last night recording this on a Wednesday, uh, the Lakers and the Clippers were supposed to play, I guess, the first game since uh, Kobe had passed away. And the NBA ended up postponing that game. Uh, LeBron James took a couple days and then he finally sort of said his piece. Uh, I think, you know, it was incredibly difficult for him. Um, and I guess the players and the, the the team, the LA Lakers, are still in mourning, so they postponed that game. Mm-hmm. And in lieu of that game, they ended up doing a uh, like a TNT special from Staples Center. Did, it, did anybody no, see I this last it. night? Um, I saw it with the sound off. I, I was the Raptors played the Hawks last night, and so I was I was watching on TV, but I was with my friend Carl in a in a bar, so I couldn't hear the sound. But uh, they were throwing the clips of Shaq, and I guess Shaq was talking about Kobe, mm. and it was it, I don't know. Apparently, I was talking to Danica this morning, and I guess it was like he he went on for seven minutes, and at some point, Ernie Johnson like went to like move the segment along and throw to D Wade or something. And then Shaq's like, I'm not finished. Mm. But but I, I didn't hear what he said. But what I saw was just Shaq, who's this big sort of hulking presence, just crying. You Who just, didn't always get along with Kobe either. Yeah. They were just, bitter was, enemies for a long time. Totally. Like, even as teammates. But it was a striking image in a bar. You know, mm. we were just sitting there looking at Shaq and it was making us emotional watching Shaq cry on TV, even though we c- couldn't really quite hear what he said. But I guess we didn't see that. Uh, Shane, you were at the game last night and they did a tribute for Kobe off the top. Yeah, it was it was about a three minute trivia. They played it on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you think of that? I thought it was. Uh, yeah, it was like. Yeah, they, they 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 sort of played the whole thing on TV. I thought it was like appropriately sort of. You know, I didn't know if it was going to be one of those things where they show like a ton of highlights or whatever, mm-hmm. but it was just uh, uh, the, the the PA guy or like a voiceover guy talking, like mm-hmm. sort of describing Kobe's accomplishments. Mm-hmm. And then they did 24 seconds of silence and they counted it uh-huh. down. And when it hit the eight, they went yellow and then it went down to uh, to one. Yeah, and then people did a little bit of a Kobe chant in the stadium. Yeah. But I, th- I thought it was going to be like Kobe chant for a long time because uh, so, there were so many Kobe jerseys, but... Just lasted for maybe five seconds and then kind of. It's a funny one because you, on. it's supposed to be a moment of silence, but you also want to cheer for the guy. It's just like it was after you, the twenty four seconds that they chanted. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it still oh feels, yeah, yeah. The chant was no, not no, going on as it was no. No, I get that, but it's yeah. It's like, but are we supposed to cheer really loudly? I don't know. It's a weird one. I, th- I feel like I'm at a loss for what to do a lot, uh, like in the last couple of days. It's like, yeah, I'm, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you mentioned that like. You know, all of the people that sort of revered Kobe, like uh, whether it's celebrities, people that knew him personally. And like you've heard so many stories. Jimmy Fallon told that story. Did you guys see that? Yeah, that was great. About uh, he met Kobe when Kobe was 17 and they ended up going on a beer run together. They're at a party together. And Jimmy was just like uh, in the comedy scene in L.A. 
and he, he was, was 19 at the time. Or yeah, 21. he was 19 yeah. and Kobe, or something like that. And Kobe was 17 and then they have to go on a beer run. Anyway, Zach Lowe told a great story about, about Kobe, like mm-hmm. uh, inviting him over to watch game five of the Eastern Conference Finals with the uh, Cavaliers and Raptors. Did you guys hear that story? Yeah, I've been really going down the deep dive uh, with all the podcasts. And it's been really cool to hear all these journalists that have a, have, have stories like this. Uh, he also called Bill Simmons out of the blue. Yeah. Kobe would do this thing uh, where he'd... He basically was a very curious person, and he wanted to know how the greats did their job. Like he was always he was always in search of like how does J.K. Rowling write that book? How does a certain director make that movie? How does Steve Jobs make iPhones? And he just called people up. He or he text him like, "Yo, it's Kobe. Call me." And Bill Simmons has a story about he had just written an article about leadership and how Bill Russell was a great leader. And Kobe just called him up and was like, "Yo, I want to talk to you about." It. And they. And they they had like a 25 minute phone conversation and Simmons was like, I think this would make a great article. Can I, can I like write a, an article about you calling me? He said, no, it's off the record and just hung up the phone, <laughs> <laughs> which is really, which is great. Um, yeah, but yeah, the outpouring has been really interesting. And one of the first things I thought about uh, was, you know, how the city of Los Angeles is going to react and just driving around LA whenever I'm down there, I'm always really sort of impressed and almost in awe of the mural culture that happens down there because there's like amazing murals of like Biggie and Nipsey Hussle and anybody else who's passed too soon. And I was, and I was talking to Amanda Ash. I was like, oh, the murals are going to be out of control. And sure enough, within 24 hours, there are these massive murals all around LA of like him and his daughter Gianna. And, and, I, and I can only imagine what what the funeral is going to be like it's going to be like a stately funeral like like how many people are possibly going to show up and how are they going to do it it's going to be as if someone from the royal family passed away we saw this yeah when michael jackson uh died they did like it was like they i think did the funeral at staples center you know so Mm -hmm. like they're going to probably do something like that again it will be televised i would imagine or i guess it will come down to what his family wants um yeah, I don't know if there'll be a procession through the streets of L.A. They did that with James Brown, I remember. Like, uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Do we think he's bigger than Jordan? That's a good question because... I if, mean, now, maybe. Yeah, I mean, if Jordan passed away today, tragically, let's walk through that hypothetical for a second, it would be different because Jordan's you know, closer to 60. He's an older man. He's an older man. Well, I, I know, I just meant if Jordan died at 41. Oh. It's weird, oh, I feel yeah. like Kobe was more loved by uh, people he knew, like mm. that he actually knew than Jordan. Like I feel like people kind of thought Jordan was a bit of a dick, maybe who knew him. Like even listening to Rodman talk about Jordan, they never spoke. But everybody thought Kobe was a dick. Not everybody. A lot of people thought Kobe was a dick too for a lot of his career. It seems oh, like it he changed like, it post-retirement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It seems yeah. like the last four years he sort of, you know, I've been listening to a lot of sort of podcasts about him and sort of how he, he changed his demeanor and the way that he approached life. And I yeah. think he felt like he missed out on certain camaraderie and friendship yeah. and stuff so I think he tried to you know that Zach Lowe story he talks about where Kobe had read an article and, and liked that Zach went really in depth on like mm-hmm. X's and O's and then he ends up inviting Zach over to watch like I said the game five of the Eastern Conference Finals and he says he shows up at this this uh, and you should listen to Zach's podcast it's great but I'll just sort of quickly sort of tell the story but he he uh, he shows up and Kobe doesn't have anybody Kobe answers the door at his office building it's like a two-story little building in California somewhere and he brings him into a boardroom and then finally an assistant sh- like kind of comes in with a six-pack of beer 
And Kobe's like, you want to split this with me? Well, we watch the game. And they both just sat there, like, sipping beer, watching the game. And Kobe was getting – he'd pause it. And he'd be like – you see, like, he's like, Kyle Lowry's feet are this way. He's like, the, the offensive player should be attacking him this way. And he said he basically just sat there and watched the game uh, with Kobe. And it's like, those types of things, I don't I – don't, it would seem from the people that knew him and talked about him, Kobe didn't do that stuff when he was a player. He was, he was much more abrasive or, like, closed off or, like, maniacal. And then it was, like, post-playing career he decided to sort of become more warm and, like, wanted to sh- share his knowledge with people and like Max was saying he would you know call JK Rowling and want to learn about storytelling or you know the guy won an Oscar like it was like he almost tried to like change the way he approached life post uh, post playing career it would seem yes yeah, like I did not care about him at all when he was alive but now that he's dead and I messaged this in our group it's strange that I care about him so much right now and you like him a lot more you're saying yeah if I didn't know any better I would think he was the best man who ever lived you know what <laughs> I mean like everything on my Instagram is just a story about how great he was or it's a clip from his documentary that I had never seen and mm-hmm. him just talking directly to camera saying all this inspiring shit or a, a mural thing of him with like an inspirational quote he said and it he- does really like pump you up and make you think like geez it is so sad that he's gone yeah it's an interesting way we uh, information gets disseminated because while he was alive my perception of kobe for the most part was like oh yeah he's sort of a prickly guy super competitive like awkward awkward nothing will get in his way from greatness but and that and those are stories that you know probably came out 15 years ago when he was on the lakers with Shaq or, or phil jackson telling a story about dealing with a young kobe bryant and those that's how i had had remembered him but then you forget about this, you know, last, you know, five to ten years of his life where, you know, he always made time for young players, it sounds like. It yeah. sounds like he, you know, texts young people encouragement, you know, about like keep going. Like he sounds like he was very, very involved in his family's life. Like he, he champion women's basketball. Champion he was a huge basketball. advocate for the WNBA. Yeah. So then it, so those stories if you're Kobe Bryant, you're like, yeah, I've been doing a lot of other kind of positive shit. I know I was a kind of a crazy person and I'm still kind of a crazy person, but I've also been doing some other good things. But in, I think in the public imagination, it's like you kind of remember more of the, the times when he wasn't a, as good of a guy. But, yeah. um, you know, I thought the other thing, you know, I know we touched on a little bit earlier, um, but you know, it's like, you're talking about sort of like the complicated part of his history. And I've been listening to a lot of these podcasts and some of them, have gotten into the complicated stuff and some of them haven't really touched as much. But I really loved the Zach Lowe podcast with Ramona Shelburne and Rachel Nichol, two women that are very respected uh, journalists and have been covering the NBA for a long time and both knew Kobe well. And I thought, I think it was Ramona who said this, and I thought she put it kind of perfectly. She said, you know, I was like, Kobe was definitely an imperfect person and definitely made big, big mistakes. And he definitely had a few major, major regrets in his life. Um, but what sort of impressed her is his ability to truly change after he made a mistake. And so, you know, after the incident in Colorado, his behavior towards women did dramatically change in her eyes. And after, you know, he had the incident with the referee where he used a, a drug, homophobic, dr- homophobic slur. slur. He became a champion. He became a champion. LGBTQ. You know, so, so, and I thought, I was like, you know, that's, not, of course, never to excuse any bad behavior. But I think that is sort of a reflection of the character of a person the way they react after they they've done something badly mm-hmm. and or unsavory uh, and and she thought that was a redeeming quality in Kobe that he did want to better himself so i thought that was kind of an interesting way to put it yeah and uh, jay adande was just on simmons podcast and jay adande uh is a la uh, guy who's been covering the lakers for 
decades now yeah. at this point. He's a very respected uh, African American journalist, and he was, um, he and he also teaches a course on journalism. And so he was. It was really interesting for him to talk to Simmons about the conversations he was having with his journalism students and how you ought to approach, you know, people with complicated legacies. And uh, he 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 said something I thought was sort of um, poignant. He said, "I don't think we need to talk about everything at once. I think we can have." a conversation about Kobe being a, a family person. We have a conversation about Kobe being a competitor and we can have a conversation about Kobe's like complicated off court stuff. And they, those conversations all should happen. They just don't all have, 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 have to happen mm-hmm. at once. I was like, so it's just like, do we have to talk about this while this is happening? No, we don't need to. We should at some point get to it. So I just thought that was sort of a, a good way of putting it, uh, in terms of the way we are remembering someone. It's funny when you look at anyone's Facebook thread, though. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to have the conversation at once. (laughs) And it's it's so weird. I feel so strange when I look at somebody's uh, Facebook feed, if it's like a woman remembering Kobe in a nice light. I'm like, come on, Karen. I'm like, you're all over everybody who does anything wrong, but now Kobe gets the pass. And then Steve will come in there and be like, (laughs) but remember 2003? And I'm like, come on, Steve. I'm like, now's not the time. So it's like, I do feel really weird because I'm wanting to see both sides of the argument, but I don't like the hypocrisy of everything really gets to me no matter which side you're on. Yeah, I think there's, um, that's, I think we talk about this sometimes, like on the podcast. Generally, it's like, you know what? A bunch of things can be true at the same time. <laughs> and, and we can, and it's like how you choose to talk about it is kind of up to you. But being okay with the fact that there are multiple truths kind of running alongside mm-hmm. of each other all the time with anything yeah. and everything, I think that's just something that we all could probably do a better job of just being okay with. Cause, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Well, I'm I'm always either too woke or not woke enough. I'm never on the right side <laughs> of the fence ever. And you're never in that sweet spot. Yeah. So when people are talking about Kobe, I'm just nodding my head because I don't know what what side they're really on, and I'm so scared to offend anyone. And I don't even know what the right side to be on is. <laughs> I but think the, no, I think the right side is exactly what I said. Is that there's a lot of multiple there's multiple truths happening at once. I know, but you, I don't want to get in some awkward conversation with somebody ever who I don't even know or some argument. Sure, sure, sure. But from everything I'm seeing, like if I didn't know any better, I would think he yeah. was the greatest person. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating. It's been a few days, obviously. This is a Wednesday that we're recording on, like I said. Um, it still bums me out. You know, it's know. still, it, it's like, it's 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 definitely, I think I saw a gourmet spud tweet this, but it's the most shocking celebrity death in my lifetime that I can think of. Yeah, what else would compare? I'm trying to think. I mean, you know, we talked a little bit about like Princess Diana. I was a little we, young for that. Yeah, that was like the mid 90s or whatever, 96, 97. I don't know when it was, but it's like, yeah, like this is. It's just it's and maybe because we're all NBA fans. So it's like it's like for the rest of the world. It's like the news happens on Sunday. It is a massive, massive, massive story. It still is. It remains one. But because we consume the NBA so much, I think a lot of our Twitter follows a lot of we follow the NBA so closely that this story is ever present. Like, I wonder if I wonder if there's portions of the world that have just gone back to like the impeachment or other like world news, the, the coronavirus, whatever other sort of big things are happening. But because we're we follow the NBA, we're like hyper aware, like, oh, they postponed the Laker Clippers game. Uh, they did the tribute last night. They, uh, you know, they're ta- right now players are actually giving up their numbers, whether it's Kobe, Kobe wore two numbers in his career, eight and 24. And Terrence Ross, who plays for the Orlando Magic, he, 
he swapped his number out. They never let you like change your number midseason usually. Um, but all these guys that either wear eight or twenty four are sort of personally honoring Kobe by like sort of like unofficially retiring the number. Like Norm Powell for the Raptors wears twenty four. I think he's giving that number up. He wore it last night, but I think that's the last time he's going to wear it. Um, and it's cool. Some of the jerseys, uh, the old Kobe jerseys, they're switching the eight to the infinity symbol yeah. just on its side. That's su- such a smart thing to do. Oh wow! It's like yeah, Norm showed up at the game last night wearing a sweater that said Kobe and Gigi forever, mm-hmm. and it was the eight turned sideways, like Shane said. So it's like infinity forever. Wow. So it's like very smart. It's uh, speaking of listening to these pods about Kobe, um, he was very uh, like. Uh, it seems like he always had the, he had like a marketing brain. Like he was always <clears throat> thinking this way. I didn't. Did you the banners thing? Oh my goodness! Did you know that? No. Okay, explain this. He came up with this saying that uh, it was friends hang sometimes, banners hang forever. Yeah. And he was he thought it was so clever. That's your saying. Well, I I, I just say (laughs) you didn't make that up. He's pretty smart. No, banners hang forever has been around forever. But people, I think, had accused Kobe of being like isolated or not. uh, You know, like you you read Shaq's book and he always talked about how like the guys would go to the clubs and Kobe was like this sort of teenager that had this single minded pursuit to be great. So he thought that everybody messed around and like going to strip clubs or whatever he just didn't get it you know he didn't really drink he didn't do those things uh, so people would always be like oh Kobe's kind of weird he's a bit of a loner he's kind of you know he's different he's a little bit outside and so he came up with this saying that's like friends hang sometimes banners hang forever like mm-hmm. you know like I, I can't count on my friends and they trademarks it because he thought it was so good it is tight copy by the way right it's Great just like copy. three and three yeah. and um yeah, but uh, but but he had that one. The Mamba Mamba out is like his speech after the his last game ever in the NBA. Apparently, like that night, like a couple hours later, he had the T-shirts Mamba out ready to be sold. So it was like for he, his own profit. Yeah, yeah on his oh, own wow. website. Yeah, so, so he had written the speech. He's like, I want T-shirts made. That says Mamba out, and they're gonna go online the second I drop the mic. Because wow. he knew it'd be iconic. Yeah, and yeah, it's That's like crazy. was it that iconic though? Yeah, Mamba out, out is a wow. thing. Mamba okay. out for sure. And, and but he de- and, and they were saying on this pod that he delivered it so authentically that you're like, wow, like that was like it feels like in the moment, but it's like no, Kobe knew exactly that's how he was gonna end, and then the shirts went on sale. Yeah, they know? say he wrote like ninety percent of his own commercials. Yeah, wow. Yeah, but I <laughs> I did love the the, the tone of that. Not the, the, that Zach Lowe podcast with Ramona and Rachel was really Which good. I, I recommend. I recommend. Highly. Zach Lowe has a podcast. In the latest episode, former podcast, former podcast, and um, he. It, it was really sweet because they truly were all kind of friends with Kobe, and but it kind of gets to this really sweet spot of the pod that you do. I think sometimes when you lose someone you love, where they are kind of laughing about him in a very sweet, loving mm-hmm. way, where they're like. Kobe, it's like he did so much shit to make us roll our eyes. It's like Kobe, really? You're gonna like do something with a rattlesnake now, oh, Kobe? What are you doing? Yeah, like, but but in a very in a very sweet, affectionate way. Because uh, he was, wasn't scared to fail. Yeah, like, what made him great is he's like. You can laugh at me, but I'm trying something. You know, like before he wins the Oscar for, I think, Dear Basketball is a short film. He had this thing called the Muse Cage where it's like he's talking to like a snake puppet that's like a like a mini mamba or something. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, they basically laugh at it on this podcast. And I remember I remember like NBA sort of like uh, uh, Twitter and whatever making fun of him yeah. for that. So it doesn't go. He's like, I don't care. And he moves on to the next thing. He's just like sort of failed. Well, he big. met his wife through being a background dancer in one of his music videos for a rap album. That's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He tried be a rapper for a yeah he signed to sony mm-hmm. yeah and he wrote like rap and he wasn't bad film. at rapping either oh no no huh. like you'd imagine it to be much more uh laughable huh than it ended up being. you're a shaney you're a huge alan iverson fan did you see alan iverson's uh that was really good remembrance of him i read his thing on instagram but uh, yeah. i've been i haven't been looking at the internet too often to be honest yeah he well he just he said that thing where it's like uh it was his first game in la uh iverson's and kobe brings him out for dinner 
and then uh, when Kobe uh, drops oh, him off, that, yeah. yeah, Iverson's like, "What are you doing? What are you doing after the game?" And uh, well, Iverson said, "I'm going to the club." Uh, yeah, what are you and, doing? And, yeah, and then Kobe goes, uh, "I'm going to the gym." And mm-hmm. Iverson's like, "That basically sums up, you know, who Kobe <laughs> sums was." Sums up him and me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Iverson was pretty amazing because he could go to the club, be hammered all night, and still be amazing the next day. Oh, oh like, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I'm, isn't that famous practice? Uh, press talking conference? about practice. He was drunk, right? No, no. <laughs> no? His, his friend drunk. had died. He was really fucked up. Like, if you really deep dive what happened that day, it wasn't about the practice at all. We're like, talking about there's a famous clip of him at uh, Alan Iverson at a Sixers practice. And I guess press conference. Press conference. And I guess he hadn't shown up to practice. And they were questioning Well, he was him. late. He was late. And he says, we're talking about practice? We're talking about practice? We're talking about practice? Well, he's like, my friend just died, and we're here talking about practice. But he's like, I'm a two-time MVP, points leader, all-star, and we're here talking about practice, and my friend's dead. Mm. That's what it was about. So uh, people take it out of context. That part gets lost to history. People think it's just that he doesn't, he's lazy or doesn't want to show up to practice. Mm. No, he thought it was inappropriate given the context of where he was at uh, and the timing sure. of it all. His good. point, too, that, that this is Iverson talking about, his point, too, though, that, like, do I not show up and still give you 30 a game? Like, yeah. it's like, like, why you, like, he is right. Well, like, and he's, he's like, even saying, up. he's like, you think I got this great from not practicing? You think I don't practice? He's like, mm-hmm. I practice my ass off. Mm-hmm. That was his point. But what the takeaway is, that great quote, practice, we talking about practice, like he doesn't practice. Yeah. yeah. Like he doesn't so care he, he hates the, how it gets misquoted. Yeah. He loves the being teased about it, but he, it actually is very wrong. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's off the point. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's been a ton of, uh, Erica, how have you been sort of like, how, how have you been viewing this Kobe thing? Like you work in sports uh, entertainment as well. Yeah. What's what's the vibe like? It's pretty somber. Like most, like everyone's super sad. And that's pretty much the only narrative I've heard or seen or amongst my coworkers. Um, I work on another podcast, Raptors Unpublished. and um, Available uh, where all podcasts are found? All podcasts, yes. Yeah, okay. We just, uh, we have an episode coming out today or tomorrow as well about Kobe. And um, we did like a little panel discussion with Leo and Bruce. Bruce Arthur? Yeah. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, they shared some really great stuff. It was good. Like I feel like now, it's like a few days out, um, you know, people are starting to sort of like pick themselves back up. But yeah, a few of my coworkers, like Akil Augustine, he was like such a Kobe guy. He He's like really down and out about it yeah it's just sad yeah, it's sad to see it mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's, it's a funny one too because it's not like i i kind of zero interest in whatever kobe was going to do for the rest of his life like i was interested in him as a basketball player i don't think there's anything like yeah so it's not like we're going to miss him playing right mm-hmm. and i don't think i cared if he was going to become a coach it's just just sad that like he died at 41 i did like that spotlight show he detail. did and how mm-hmm. yeah the detail yeah i don't know why i'm always calling it spotlight. Uh, well, it, no it, wonder it, no one it, ever knows what the <laughs> fuck i'm talking about <laughs> in the opening of the show there's a spotlight on a basketball so your brain's probably yeah. doing that yeah but i thought that was very cool and it, it was uh, he was awesome at breaking down the game mm-hmm. in more than uh in ways that other great players couldn't do he could mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting how you know he said, if, if Kobe were still alive, it's like, I, I wouldn't think about Kobe. Like, I don't think Kobe ever really entered my mind. Every once in a while, he would pop up with a show like Detail, or he'd be courtside at a game with his, his daughter, um, or one of his daughters. And uh, and he's just not part of, like, what I think about. But now, I haven't stopped thinking about mm-hmm. Kobe. And I think it's just the the sadness of, 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 you know, all those people dying, obviously. Like, his daughter. One thing that's been sort of, I think, you know, really 
touching and appropriate is that like all the murals or a lot of them have been Kobe yeah. and his daughter. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you see that like a lot of the photos, I think there was like a, a New York Times or LA Times, like sort of like it was a photo of him and his daughter. It's like her on his shoulders and it's, you know, that stuff is, is just, just heart wrenching. Cause you know, I've heard this on other, in other places, but like Kobe, his story was largely written and yes, he got cut down when, you know, the second half was going to be written at, at 41, but like he sort of, he had an extraordinary life uh, that literally less than 1% of people sort of get to live, but his daughter and, you know, the other young ladies on that helicopter, they don't, like, it's done for them. You know, at 13, they don't get to, like, write their story, you know? The the Athletic did sort of a obituary-style piece about Gianna. Did you see that? So basically, didn't. it didn't really mention Kobe other than, like... Her father was Kobe Bryant, five-time thing. But then just kind of oh, the whole piece was about who she was as a kid and what she was like and what she dreamed to do. I thought that was kind of a, a nice touch. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to read that. Um, shall we carry on? Yeah. Should we, should we, should we, do you want to move on with uh, with uh, with sort of topics? Yeah. And then want to get to The Bachelor? What are yeah. we at, Do we want to? Does this feel weird to do other topics today? I think if we didn't talk about The Bachelor right now, it would be weirder. Okay, I'm kidding, Max. Everyone thought I was serious. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Okay, but just goes to show you what people think of me—that I, I would actually be that way. That's so funny. Listen, we all have things that move us, uh, and for you, it's The Bachelor. <laughs> but it is funny. I did take a, an Asperger's test recently, and mm. it said I had Asperger's. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow! So now I'm uh, all obsessed with that. So you're on the spectrum. Is that according true? to this test? That makes sense. So I don't know if I actually am because you know sometimes you take these IQ tests and they tell you you're a genius, it like but then online? it's like purchase this and then, and then they're trying to charm you. I am on uh, this family tree because I mentioned that because I took the test. I'm going to have an expert mm. examine me to see <laughs> if I actually am because I want to see if it's bullshit or not. Oh, Shane, you, me you saying what? that here and you guys all think I'm serious. I'm like, wow, people actually think that that I, that'd be something I would actually think. You love being studied by medical professionals <laughs> is something. No, I love getting results. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, if I if I think I'm balding, I'm like, am I balding or <laughs> is it in my head? Is this just a byproduct of being in my 30s and thinking I'm balding? Mm. But I did have a lot of hair on my pillow. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, doesn't everyone want to? F- conclusively no answers i don't like, think people i don't think a lot of people want answers because they're scared that it, it, let's say that you did like so you thought you're balding you got a, a tested if you get the answer that you don't want people don't want negative news so like they'd almost rather not have it checked mm-hmm. because they don't want to hear yes you are balding mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah maybe it's because i'm an aspie though i don't know that's yeah. the, that's the slang term for it by the way it's very accepted in the community so oh, don't worry. Good, good, good. yeah <laughs> so <laughs> you, we're, we're learning new things about you on this pod all the time yeah. you are part jewish yeah, seven percent. Seven percent. Which is high. Like I thought, it was only four. You have super yeah. sperm. Super sperm. Yeah, you're on the sp- might have Aspergers. But every theory I have about anything, I want to see: Am I just spouting things that are just lies that I've believed? Like with the sperm, I was very sure. Mm-hmm. I've That's proven true. I'm very right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had thick hair. Turns out I have fine hair. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know. But I always thought if you had fine hair, you were balding. Turns out you can have fine hair and just have a lot of it. I didn't know that. <laughs> You're learning so much. <laughs> and Asperger's is your next thing. Well, a big thing with people with Asperger's, which is what tipped me off, is that uh, they're not good with directions. They get completely lost mm. no matter where they are. And that's a huge thing. Me and they also get obsessive over weird 
things mm, like super sperm with super sperm video games mm. you know like i'll i'll be obsessed with nba jam for like a month and then something else i'd say in the room you of the five of us that are here mandrash is, is, is here too you are the most asperger's like thank you yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure because yeah. there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong. Yeah. i have lots of friends with asperger's you do yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. He's looking at one right now. All oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Add another one to the file. <laughs> um, but yeah, if anyone does know anything about it and they want to help, I'd love to hear from them. Mm. I uh, yeah, that's uh, another interesting one. Like, what are what are tests that you guys would like to to do on yourselves? Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Because I, I I have I have a belief that I have a very low IQ. I think I'm very stupid. Like I, I think, and I'm, I'm kind of curious to know. But what which my is IQ a very is. smart, because really smart people think things like that, and very dumb. <laughs> no, okay. very dumb people have this elevated sense of themselves that they have a high IQ. I know some smart people that think very highly of themselves too. Though. Yes, yeah, but it is very common for dumb people to think they're very smart. Mm, interesting. I think my skills are so soft. I have the softest skills that anything that would be testable, I do very badly. But on. you could be a dumb person or a low IQ person mm-hmm. and have a very high artistic intelligence bordering mm-hmm. on genius, which mm-hmm. you may have. That's right. Look at the way you write these songs. Have you heard very of, good. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> so you could be a musical genius, Max. Mm-hmm. If anyone knows I anything like about, what I'm hearing. <laughs> so if anyone knows anything about musical genius and they want to like, we have like, some sort of psychologist. Come on in. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, like, what do you want to know? What do you think you got? I don't, I like I, my position is I'm, per, I'm perfectly happy, ignorantly happy right now. It's like, I don't want to know anything to rock the boat. Yeah. Like, when the, I, you were annoyed by like the way off, like, like the oh, way challenge. Yeah, You're like, it's like now, off. I don't care. It's like, now I'm feeling terrible. <laughs> about myself yeah. it's like i wasn't thinking about my weight before that moment i mean i always kind of think about it but yeah. then now i know it's like it's like i suspected i was a little bit over and now i know it's like i don't want to <laughs> live with that but like i've always been very like like when i was a kid i was like uh, i never wanted to see a ghost because i'm like i'm like listen i don't really <laughs> i don't believe in like the the afterlife i don't believe in in ghosts i'm like so if i see one i have to rearrange my whole belief system <laughs> it would be more annoying for me to it see a be ghost yeah. because i'd be like jesus now i actually have to think about this shit and i just don't want to right now. so you're telling me if you had the once in a lifetime yeah. option to find out if ghosts are real, you would say no? Like, you I, could d- get the definitive answer. I wouldn't believe myself. I would think I had some neurological episode. No, but it's not about you. It's like a person who's actually knowing if ghosts are real. How and do they're I like that person? I don't know. Dan, I, yeah. I guess they would have to show you a ghost. Yeah. And then I'm like, is that a, you know, did you create that apparition? It's too much thinking. Okay, so, yeah. So you don't no. want to know shit. I, I mean, Ignorance important stuff bliss, I want to know. Theory. Listen, if I if I felt like something internally was happening, I would lo- I'd go to a doctor and be like, "Hey, what's wrong? Let's get this. Let's figure this out now." I wouldn't like suffer in pain to try and you know avoid that. I feel like important stuff I need to know. Certain things I'm like, I don't I don't really need to know my sperm count. You know? What about Erica? Um, yeah, I don't really know either. I should probably go to therapy to mm. be honest. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I have some thought processes that worry me. Yeah, yeah, that's not. Bell, let's talk. You should, you yeah. should do it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, uh, yeah. So good. I'm glad you're thinking about that. You should do it. Go talk yeah. to somebody if, if you're. I've honestly been putting it off. I have a lot of friends that rave about it. Yeah, just, just stop it. They've, they've, they've been it. going to therapy, and your friends say yeah. that you should. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or that they they get something out of. Does it, your work mm-hmm. cover it? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm on a freelance contract. But, but speaking of psychological trauma, yeah, have you heard about this Bachelor news? <laughs> oh, well, that's an amazing segue, Shane. Let's let's jump into it. This is good. Yeah. So, uh, again, uh, for all you bachelor people out there, uh, 
I figured like I don't like to put bachelor things in the in the pod group because I know Mike doesn't give a fuck. Erica, you kind of enjoy it. I'm you, like kind of off you don't the give a fuck. Wagon. But I thought what happened yeah. in the last episode was interesting. It, it transcended Bachelor Nation. It, yeah, it's really, you're into it. the show. It's or more. Not. It's yeah. an interesting yeah. story. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But as our listeners know, uh, Shane and Max watch the show yeah. uh, religiously. They but they I do have enjoy not it. seen this episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have it PVR. Yeah. Don't worry. Will, will I ruin it for you if we talk about it? No, let me know. Ash, are you a big Bachelor person? But yeah. Ash is an expert on everything pop culture, though she has not actually seen any of it. She reads oh. all the commentary about like every movie, every TV show, every anything that's been out. She she knows all about it. Despite she's never Charlize having... Theron in the movie Long Shot. That's exactly how she's like. She knows everything about. How was that movie? I've been eyeing it. It's good. Uh, it's it's yeah. That's the way to describe it. Yeah, it's good. It. It's a good fun. It seems like a perfect all. airplane movie. Yeah. Halfway through, you're like, yeah, this is kind of weak writing, especially if you consider yourself a comedy writer at all. Right. And then at the end, you're like, okay, it's won me over. But <laughs> there is Charlize Theron knows everything about Game of Thrones just from reading synopsis. And yeah, yeah. Seth Rogen's like, yeah, right. And he questions her on it, and she actually knows almost more than him. <laughs> that is Ash. That's how Ash yeah, yeah. is. Ash is like, I don't have time to watch a two and a half hour movie, but I know everything about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so The Bachelor, do you want to do you want me to read? Do you want me to read this? Yeah, you read All it. All right. So like, uh, the country singer Chase Rice is not happy with The Bachelor's producers' eyes looking to the side emoji. Uh, so I guess on the show, there's this couple, or I guess Peter and Victoria F. Are they like in the last round? No, or something? They're, 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 they're still like 12, 15 girls left. Oh, there's still a lot of people. There's still a lot of girls, but they have a one-on-one date, which is a very intimate date. It's not a group date. So Victoria F., I guess, used to date Chase Rice, who's this country singer, or went on a few dates with him or whatever. He described it as they spent a night together in Charlotte. Uh, and so he's performing a concert. Uh, he thinks he's going on The Bachelor. He knows they're filming it, and he's going <laughs> to... Erica is uh, giggling over <laughs> like this. this poor guy. Hold on, let, let me set it up. Let yeah, me set it up. Go for it. Sorry. Okay, so basically they're on this one-on-one date. They're having a great time. They go to an amusement park. Pete's flying around because he's a pilot. So they're like, they're in a plane. And he's like, we're going to this concert. And then they come upon this like sort of square, town square area with the stage set up. And there's a bunch of people there because that's what they do. They bring in a bunch of like bachelor fans. And then this guy, Chase Rice is his name. Yeah. A country singer. He's got a million Instagram followers. He's, he's up on stage. He's performing songs. And Pete's eyes, pilot Pete, they light up and he's like so excited. And, and, and then you, they go over to, to Victoria, and she's, like, looking really stressed out. So then for the next, like, half an hour, they're dancing around together, and everyone's cheering them on. Pete's looking like he's having the time of his life. Pete's also a terrible dancer, but that's kind of cute. And then it, it's revealed that Victoria has actually dated Chase Rice. So Chase is, like, on stage going, like, looking at the chick. I'm like, is that Victoria? And Victoria's like, oh, that's the guy, and who knows? Maybe he's singing a song that's written about me. Pete has no fucking clue this is happening. And so the dynamic is really interesting. And then so after the concert, um, Pilot Pete goes up to Chase and he's like, hey, this is great. And, and he's just like loving Chase. And Chase is like, are you having a good time on your date? And Pete's like, yeah, we're having a great time. She's a great chick. And he's like, cool, man. And you can see he's a little thrown off by it. And then Victoria has a little moment with Chase being – and they're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, why are you on the show? And he's like, I don't know. I just – I, I don't know. I'm here I'm Chase for the Rice, man. I'm Chase That's Rice. What I like promote my single. <laughs> so then, it, so then it begs the question. It's like, you know, how much uh, puppet mastery is happening from the producers of the show? Because in order for that to line up schedule wise, where it's like, because they do, have, they have a lot of musical performances on the show, but to have Chase Rice show up for the Victoria date. And, and because also, it's not. It wasn't a sure bet that Victoria would get a one on one. There was 
13 other girls that she would still that, be on yeah. the show at but is that, that even point? a question yeah. no like i mean if there's a girl on the show who's scared of dolphins they're like your first date we're going to sea world yeah, yeah. like no and then they'll do like a funny <laughs> flashback thing the whole mo of the show is to <laughs> they, they honestly do that with uh pe- they do funny things like that they'll yeah. do a flashback of like a dolphin doing the noise and stuff like that no, I, i'm just saying a lot, lot what lot happens of, is the line no he's got to he's promoting two singles apparently uh, did you read the full article? Yeah, yeah. So it's like what happens is she wins the date. Yeah. They literally within 24 she hours. She didn't win the date. The date is uh, picked at random so they can actually pick it. But but don't they have like 24 hours? Like they know. Like they have 24 hours before they send her on the thing, right? Yeah. So it's like once they know that her, she's going to be the one going on the date or whatever, mm-hmm. they just contact his people and go, hey, do you want to be on The Bachelor to sing a couple songs? The guy's like, yeah, of course. Uh-huh. It's a huge show. Like of course you put that together in 24 hours. You go to this bar and then they – Put yeah, maybe I just was impressed that <clears throat> the timing worked out in the way that it did. Because it's like for him to be like available at 24 hours notice, that I think some the, there's some uh, expert scheduling happening. Sure. And that's, these producers are experts at creating drama. Yeah. Because if they don't have the drama, the show sucks. It's yeah. all predicated on yeah. women freaking out. Yeah, they're uh-huh. kind of sick, these producers. Mm-hmm. That's why I kind of stopped watching. Everything that happened on that show, I was just like, oh, God, how much did they pay this person? Like, the producers did this, like... It's sad. Like, remember what happened to Becca with Ari? That yeah. was sad. That was really sad to Crossed watch. Crossed the line. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's what, just how, like... How Ari pulled the switcheroo? And they filmed yeah, it? Yeah, we like broke up with her and they all filmed it and like... But that was to Becca's benefit because then she became uh, the Bachelorette. In hindsight, but it's hard to watch sometimes. But in hindsight, Becca probably loved it because now she just gets to sell skinny tea on Instagram for the rest of her life. But how humiliating at the time she's (laughs) falling. Oh, come on. You don't have to do anything the rest of your life except sell skinny tea and like (laughs) a Vino skin cream or whatever. That'd be amazing. Skin cream, by the way. See? Uh, (laughs) It could be you. I've never heard of this lady, but I do love a Vino skin cream. Uh, Well, what's interesting is to me is when I read this piece that Max sent to the group, is the guy's like, yeah. Chase, Chase Rice, yeah. yeah, like he's like I'm real, I'm, I'm real pissed. Like I, I think it, it wasn't cool. Blah 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 blah. Like he's mad at like the sort of machinations of reality TV. This guy was on Survivor a few years ago. He, he was? was, yeah. Oh wow. And have you read uh, who the next Bachelor is now? <laughs> Chase Rice. It's Chase Rice. <laughs> uh, it's like it's like he's like it's. I just I can't stand it. Like he's getting all highfalutin about reality. He's like this guy highfalutin. I like There's how you've gotten the saying. country vernacular now. <laughs> can't stand it. Chase Rice is getting highfalutin. Uh, and it's like he's of he's of this world. Like mm-hmm. this is probably how he became. You know. Like, you know. Exactly. Do you think he's putting success. it on? Like, yeah, and then by the end of the article, he actually does say he's like, "Well, whatever." I got to promote my single. He's like, "Actually, I liked it." Like he changed yeah. his mind within the body of the article. <laughs> That's funny. There's also a funny thing where she, you know, because she's being interviewed off camera, kind of as this is all happening, because they they pull them aside to do these interviews, and she's like we dated that's my ex-boyfriend this is a nightmare for me she's like in tears she doesn't know how she's going to tell pete she's like very very upset and then they're then they talk to chase rice or i forget if it's a one-on-one interview with chase rice or the two of them talking but he's like well we, we spent a night together in charlotte once <laughs> yeah <laughs> so oh. like, hold on were they dating or did they just hook up one night they have different views of, of the, what the, the relationship, relationship. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> But is it that, like, is it worth crying over? Like, is it that no, traumatic I mean, to bump into your ex? Like, no, it's just, like, awkward. But in front of a camera crew and this guy you're just starting to date and you get a one-on-one, it could be very overwhelming. Yeah, yeah it was overwhelming. But the thing is, like, anybody who signs up for that show does not have, have any sort of, like, sense of irony or is, like, sense of fun. Everybody takes them. They make sure of it. Very, yeah. very seriously. Because if you had any 
sense of irony or if you had any kind of eye rolliness to your personality, you would not be on the show. Shane has said in the past that he could easily win one of these shows or he would love to be on these. I would love to be on it because it's easy to be popular because you'd be the funniest, most self-aware person yeah, in the world. Yeah, because no one is self-aware. Because no one is. Yeah, so she's like freaking out about this whole situation. And I'm just thinking to myself, it's like, why would Pete be mad at you? It's like clearly it's like you didn't ask your ex-boyfriend to show up and play mm-hmm. a song. It's like this is actually something to laugh at. If, if like, okay, so you leave the concert, you go for dinner, you go, uh, this is fucking really weird and funny. But I used to kind of date that guy. Isn't that crazy? And that's what I, anybody, any one of us would do. But she was just hysterical. She's just like in tears. She's like, I have something really important I need to tell you. I need to be honest with you. Something has happened. And Pete's like, what? What happened? He's like. Ugh. I I used to I used to I used to date Chase Rice. He's like Chase, this, the guy we just saw on stage, and Pete's like mind is blown. He's like Chase Rice. <laughs> he has a million Instagram followers. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm just like settle so, down. So, so you have his number? <laughs> Can we text him right now? Chase, <laughs> the guy on stage. I think he literally said that. It's me, Pete, from the front row. <laughs> you want to get a beer later? Me and Chase have been with the same woman. Cool. 